Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I want you to notice your personal relationship to go out at another level is going to take intentionality with God. Did you get that? Your personal relationship with God has to go to another level. Here's some of the key points that I want you to get today. Remember this. God is going to put you in a position to come after him. But remember this. It's going to cost you something out of your will and your desires to seek him. Okay? Your will and your desires are going to be altered to seek God. Okay? Now, let me explain this. God, let me tell you something about God. I'm going to give you the lowdown on God today because this stuff everybody tells you, I don't know where, I ain't even going to go there. I'm just going to preach it the way I know it to be true because I'm right. Okay? Listen, if it doesn't cost you nothing, God don't want it. This fabricated Jesus these people serve is unbelievably unrecognizable to them that truly follow him. This is foolishness. I will never talk like that because I know what I'm talking about. If it don't cost you nothing, God don't want it. He don't receive it. Well, I got leftovers I'll give to God. Yeah, you can forget that, buddy. It's got to cost you something out of your will. It's got to cost you time. If you're going to pursue anything in life, it's going to cost you time. So here's my thing. Check up. How much time have we been spending with God? Now, I'm not going to make God out to somebody that he's not. He's not mean. He's not, he's not some kind of God. You know, you got to be self-sacrificed like a martyr. But here's what it is. You're going to have to maybe get up early to spend time with God or stay up late to spend some time with God or get in the Word. You're going to have to get some disciplines to spend some time with God. When's the last time you prayed in the Holy Ghost, really prayed in the Holy Ghost? When's the last time you gave God more than that 15 minutes in the morning? I'm just not, I'm not picking on you. But remember Jesus in the garden? I got it up there. I think it's Luke 22. He said this. He said he surrendered his will in the garden to achieve the assignment, saying, Father, what? If you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not mine will, but thine will be done. Look at this as we keep going, right? And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, giving him the strength. Remember I talked to you about this? You can go back to it, and let's let him read it one more time, the beginning part. Just 43, I think it was. go, Saying, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. That means Jesus didn't want to do it. Obedience is always going to be something you don't want to do. But God will give you the strength to do it. And don't, don't flip out and everybody go five alarm fire like God, like you're messed up. You're not messed up. Okay? Understand? You're not messed up. You're growing in your relationship with God. But here's the way God works. Okay? Saying, Father, if it be your will, great, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. So let me ask you a question. That shows me that Jesus had an option in life of some things he didn't want to do, but he knew they were beneficial for the kingdom and did them anyway. How many of you know some of the things that God's going to ask you to do may not be comfortable, but they're beneficial? Does that make sense? Like, how many of you know getting up an hour early to spend time, if you need to some days, isn't always easy, but it's beneficial? How many of you know taking time out of seasons of your life to spend time with God, it may not be beneficial in a sense like, oh man, I got to sacrifice, but it's beneficial for the kingdom. It's, it's kind of pressing my soul. But the Bible says that he'll give you strength once you surrender your will. I've been preaching that for years. Look at what happens. You guys, oh, I don't know how to do it. Well, once your will is given up, then you'll know how to do it. Look at this. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Then there appeared an angel unto him, strengthening him. Once you surrender your will, God will give you strength to do whatever he's asked you to do. Just know that. 
So the first step today is this. Hey, where's my relationship out with God, and am I really pursuing him? But I think people think pursuing God is like some, some kind of like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, I'm going to jump up in you know, Daddy God's lap, and I'm going to sit there, and we're going to sing Kumbaya. No, man, this is going to be a little bit of a pressing for a prize. This is going to be a push. And I'm going to tell you what, it's easy to do this when everything's going great in life, but can you push in the pressures of life? Can you pursue them in the problems of life? You know what I mean? Everybody like, oh, I want to go spend time with God when it's easy, but when it gets hard, is that fun? Here, you got to replace your will and desire for God's wills and desires. Write that down. I got to replace my will for what? Not mine will, but thine will be done. I got to replace my will and, God's, and my desires for God's will and desires. Isn't that true? Sure it is. Jesus said this in Luke, and you don't have to turn there. I got, everybody's got to face the cross experience. Your cross is different for each person. Your cross experience will correspond to whatever God asks you to do. There is no alternative, and there's no way out of it. Everybody's got to die to some stuff internally that's holding us back from what God has for us externally. There's some stuff you gotta lay down. Jesus said this in Luke 14, 27. You don't have to go there. And if anyone does not carry his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Well, here we go. You know what I mean? You got a church role. Everybody's supposed to be saved. You know, I love, I love it. Like every once in a while I watch some of this stuff. You know, like they're like, they're like, oh yeah, man, I'm saved. You know, like, I was watching this thing. I don't want to mention the guy's name. He's a famous actor, you know, and he's like, he was like, oh, we're bringing people to the Lord. And I'm going, man, if you're saved, I don't know, I don't, I'm not trying to be funny, man. I'm not, I'm not the judgment of God, but I'm like, shouldn't you have fruit that lines up with being saved? Are we, are we, are we, are we a little tainted in what we could, like Jesus said, be, no, it's not just get saved. I ain't got no problem with somebody getting saved, but when do you start becoming a disciple? A disciple is a disciplined one to follow. We don't have talk like that no more. Remember back in the day? Back in the day, you used to man, it was straight and narrow, man. Everybody was, everybody was jerking the slack out of you. Remember when y'all burned all your music and y'all went, y'all, you know what I mean? You went and did all this stuff and y'all, everybody like threw everything out of the house that was demonic and all that stuff. You know, some of you, I'm too dating myself. You know what I mean? It was like anything that didn't line up with God, you threw it in the garbage. We didn't listen to this and we couldn't listen to that and we, we couldn't go here. And you, how many you couldn't go places? Remember you, like you can get away with going, yeah, mom got her hand up in the sound booth, right? You could, church wasn't, you can't go there. Why can't you go there? That ain't a godly environment for you. Now, you know, the church says this. The church now is like, oh, be like the world so the, so, the, so the world will be like the church. No, the church became like the world and stood in the world, and now the world and the church look the same until you keep a standard. You can't lower the standard. You know, i never forget this one time. I, I was like, I, was, I, was, I talked to a lady about a counterfeit, you know, money, and she worked in a bank. She goes, oh, no. I said, did you guys ever like, because I think I watched that movie, you know, where the Leonardo DiCaprio, the guy was like a fraud, fraud, he was fraud, what was that thing? Yeah, catch me if you can, man, remember that? He made all that phony money and all that stuff. And I was like, well, anyway, and all his checks and all this stuff. And I was laughing, I said, well, I guess that's what they do. She's like, no, we never, I've never seen counterfeit money a day in my life. Like in the bank, you know, like meaning, like people bring it. She's like, no, we just study real money. I said, what do you mean? She goes, no. She goes, we, we seen it. We touched it. I shouldn't say they'd never seen it, you know, but she's like, no. I thought they'd be looking at every kind of counterfeit in the world to figure out what it looks like. They're like, no, we just look at real money, and we just know what it feels like. She's like, I could tell you I could feel the weight of it. I said, you could feel the weight of it? She goes, yeah. When you deal with money for so long, maybe I got bank people in here. She goes, I can feel the weight of it. 
I felt, I felt real money. I know real money. It's like parts, right? You know real parts from fake parts. You guys have just been doing this too long. You know what I mean? Now, that ain't right. You can hear it. You know. What happens? You don't study the false to find out what the real is. You study the real so good that when the false shows up, you don't buy it. Come on, guys. We got to start realizing this. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, Jesus said wide is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to everlasting life. Look, I'm not preaching no fire and brimstone, but when do I start looking like the Christian I profess to be? When do I start bearing the fruit like the Christian I'm supposed to? When do we walk, talk, and think about discipleship? We're like, you follow. Yeah, you, oh, I get to do what I want to do. That ain't the gospel. That ain't the gospel. That's a country club. Country club church. Are you liking it? Does it feel good to you? No, it ain't nothing about feeling good, and I'm not trying to here to offend somebody, but this message will offend you. It's time for change. It's time for really being a, a bearer of Christ. I might not be perfect, but I should be at least trying to achieve a level of Christianity where like, hey, if your mouth needs to get fixed, spend some time in the presence of God. If your mind needs to get washed, spend some time in the presence of God. If your character needs some changing, spend some time in the presence of God. You ain't going to just change automatically, but you got to start renewing your mind. Look at this, right? And I know everybody's like, oh, great. This is going to be a great sermon. I'm real happy to be here today. No, you got to spend time with God. The Bible says if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Here, watch this one. Go to Hebrews 12 and 1 in the King James. Look at this. Are you all right here? You see what I'm saying, though? Is this kind of like hitting home? Like, wait a minute, man. It's checkup time. Are we ready for the checkup? You know what I'm saying? You take, a, you take a personal inventory of where your spirituality is at, and you start making some life changes to get you where you want to be. That's all. And here's the thing. This is not about accept or reject. You're already accepted. This is about the growth side of God. The side of God, where does, he says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us. That word beset in the Greek means entangles us. Are you laying aside the weights and the sins of the stuff that's entangling you? He said, you do it. The funny thing about God is we think like, oh, he's going to do it. No, he said, you got to lay it aside. He said, lay aside every weight and every sin which easily besets us and let us run with patience this race that is set before us. How about that one? You got to patiently run. But how about this? Are you laying aside the weights and sins? Now, listen to me. Some of you, well, I don't know what they are. Some of you, they could be all shapes and sizes. They could be, well, maybe you're too emotional. It's becoming an entanglement. Maybe you're too angry. It's becoming an entanglement. I don't know what your weight and sin is, but you better get rid of it. It's not always gross stuff. Look at verse 2. Just keep going. Read the whole thing, 12, 1 and 2. I want you to look at this. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher for, of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame of it, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus did it. We got to do it. What weights and sins? Come on, today's personal inventory day. What things are holding me back? Come on, this is personal. This is nobody's public. We all got our stuff. What weight and sin is holding you back? What idea? What mentality? What things holding me back? Man, you know what? I'm a little this. I'm a little that. I don't know. That's your personal stuff. You ask God. I'm smart enough to know that God's speaking to you while I'm preaching. Look what it says in the Passion Translation. If you could pull it up 12, 1 and 2 in the Passion. Reads a little deeper. I want you to get this. And I want you to, because God loves you, man. That, I want you to know God loves you, but he expects growth. God loves you, but he wants growth. And if you get into an environment where growth is not demanded out of you, you'll stay status quo in your Christianity. 
Okay, I'm gonna say that again. Pop that up there, great. Listen to me, okay? This is why I'm good for you, because I'm ahead of you. That's not arrogance. I'm never gonna let myself fall behind you. I'll never stop learning and pressing and pushing. That's why you'll never outgrow me. That's my job. You understand that? That's what you pay me to do, stay ahead of you. So I'm ahead of you, so I'm pulling you. Come on. Come on, dream bigger. Come on. Come on. It's uncomfortable in here because you can't stay status quo Christianity. The atmosphere doesn't let you. It challenges you. You like the way it feels, but it challenges you because there's more in you. The nations, the places, the world is more. See what I'm saying? So look what happens. So I, I put a spiritual climate around it where I'm saying, look, look, come on. There's, God's got more for you. God loves you. He's got more for you. So what happens is it, it, it's, like a, it's like a pull. Don't resist the pull. Make the adjustments. This is the cool thing about God. He loves you. He doesn't want you stuck there. For as we have all these great witnesses encircled us like a cloud, what do you mean? Those witnesses had to go through the same stuff you did. That's why they're cheering you on. Come on, right? We must what? Let go of every wound. Hello. Are you letting go of wounds or are you holding on? They're weights. Let me tell you, the devil is sneaky. The wounds, the pains, the hurts, the this, the that. Get rid of all of it. It's junk. It's entangling you. It's tripping you up. You ever get entangled with something? You know what I mean? The other day, I don't know what I was doing. The kids left something out, and the other day I was doing something. I can't think of what it was. And I got stuck in something, and I almost fell over being stuck because the stupid thing was on the floor. I got entangled. I couldn't get out. Right? You ever do that? Everybody in this room's done that. Walking over something, right? And you get a quarter next to you. I'm almost falling over this thing. I'm entangled with this. This is how we look like we're walking in Christianity. We're walking around and you're like, oh, there's sin. Oh, there's my wounds. Oh, there's my work. You're like banging all over the joint. You can't even run. How are you going to run with your feet tied up? That's what he's saying. Look, he said this. He said, get rid of the wounds that have pierced us and this sin which easily we fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. Isn't that cool? He's like, come on, man, run. So what do you got to put aside? Keep going. Check this out. This is so cool. Look at the second half of this. We look away from the natural realm and we what? We fasten our gaze on a Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into his faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered it. Come on, it's what? Humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Ain't that cool? Come on, there's a prize. Somebody's waiting for you. Somebody's life's waiting to get changed. Somebody on the other side of your obedience is waiting for you. I'm telling you, man, that's what pushed me through seasons, right? So I knew somebody was waiting on the other side of my obedience. That's what makes you want to do good. In life. So I, well, I don't want to preach. Who cares? Go make a bunch of money. Somebody's waiting for you on the other side of that. Yeah, be a giver. Who cares, right? Go do something. Go encourage somebody. Go make it a thing. I'm going to get somebody saved. Go get one soul saved. What if you were the one soul? How valuable are you? Come on, man. Big, you know what the church, it's got to be big. What's big? Lose this Instagram craziness, please. This is big. No, big is obedience. You go get the guy at the grocery store saved, that's big. God's eyes, that's big. You go, you go, you go, you go to kids' church and just volunteer. That's big. Half this stuff that these, it's a bunch of baloney. It's got nonsense. But we go, oh, that's big. That's big ministry. 
Big, well, I'm in big ministry. Come on, man. Big ministry is you fulfill the call of God in your life. That's big. And your call might be five or 5,000. Who cares? You don't want more than God wants to give you. Be comfortable in your own skin and be you. Be the best. You know what? You business guys and girls, you know what? You should be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a businessman. Man, put, it, put that. Man, I remember those guys used to get persecuted for being business guys. You know, like, what do you do in the church? You know what I mean? Well, I'm a, no, I'm a deacon. Who cares if you're a deacon? I'm a businessman in the church. That's what I do. I just go make a bunch of money and fund the kingdom of God. Come on, we need you. We need you, right? I had to eat bagels, John. I had to eat bagels. I didn't eat one because I'm laying alone in the cars. We need to have a church cook, man. That's big in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Come on, amen. We got to have, listen, you guys got to laugh a little bit. You're too tight. Come on. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Like that hospitality might be your gift. Let me tell you something. Keaton and Kent, when they cook, you know somebody cook with love. You got hospitality here. Well, that's not big. Feels big when I'm eating it. Feels like love to me. Feels like when people come in. Look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, the guy in the parking lot that's telling you where to park your car with a smile on his face, that's big because that's the first person you meet when you come on this campus. That's big. I'm telling you, man. I was at Raymond. We were ushering, right? Ever tell you a story? We're ushering, and you had a section. So I had this section at Raymond, right? So they give me this section. They're like, okay, this is your section right here. These are your people. You know, this is your thing, right? It's back, I had the back left corner right by the door, right? This is me. I got it, right? Got my jacket on. I'm all cool, you know? Got the chairs all cool. Down, one Sunday, I don't know how many people got saved, not as many as they thought. We go back, and we're done, and we got yelled at. <laughs> not by pastor, please. But the, the, the usher guys were like, okay, gentlemen, we had a service, and not that many people got saved, and I want to know why. And I said, bro, stop. In my head, you know, because I'm thinking... New Jersey's still in there somewhere. I got to, like, push it out sometimes. What in the heaven do I have to do with the preaching? I'm just the usher. Like, leave me out of this. Go blame the pastor. It's his problem, not mine. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And they literally were like, did you? So they go, let me tell you why. Did you pray over your section? I said, yeah, did that. Did you shake those people's hand? Load it up with God's love and look them in the eye because you don't know what life situation they're in. I said, nope. By the time they were done with the 10 things of not really doing my job, I realized it was my responsibility. But sometimes in life, we look at the little things God's asked us to do, like they're not the big things, so we overlook them and we just do them halfway. What would it look like if I would have went in there and it never happened again? I prayed over every one of those pews I would shake those people's hands and say, this, might, this guy might be looking to jump off a bridge after this service. I'm the last guy he sees. It ain't going to be my fault that he didn't hear the love of God or see the love. See what I'm saying? You don't know what's big. You think these little things are big. They're all tests. By God, to see if my heart's in it. Like, you know what I mean? You get up tomorrow morning and go to work. That's a lot of work. But when you get up tomorrow, go, I'm a kingdom guy. I, print, I printed books in India one time. I'll tell you that story. I printed books in India. It cost me three cents to preach, print a salvation book. I told you that story. My buddy was detailing cars. He came over to do some stuff. He was shooting the thing. Every time he walked around, I said, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24. Looking at me like, what is, what? Doing his thing. And I started screaming at him. 3, 6. I did. I'm, I'm gone. I'm not right in the head. You know that. I'm like, 3. He's there doing his thing. I'm like, 3, 6, 9. Because he was discouraged a little bit. 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27, 30. 
He's looking at me like, what is wrong with you, dude? What? Three, six, nine, 12, 15. Eighteen. Thirty. Whatever. Thirty-three. What? What are you saying? I said it cost me three cents to print a book in India to get somebody saved. How important is your job now? Because he gave me he gave me money to go. So many books you print. What's this job look like now? Looks like a seed bank for the kingdom. I care what you do. You're big. It's big. Run your race. Don't let nobody hinder you. Don't get tangled up. But what do I do for the kingdom? Maybe you pray. Maybe you, maybe, you, maybe you walk around. Maybe you prophesy. Maybe you walk your neighborhood. Maybe your prayers got somebody saved that you don't even know. I don't know, but it's not small, and it's not small in God's eyes. So why do you keep thinking it's nothing? Why do you keep thinking it's nothing? I only get four people on my view. I don't care. Those four people are going to be the best four people you've ever seen in your life. I, I don't really have an Instagram following. I don't really care if you got nine people. Be the best person to nine people the earth's ever seen and see the reward waiting for you when you walk through the pearly gates of heaven, man. Because God doesn't think there's a, and let me tell you, if you got nine million, great. We're not knocking. This is not the frustrated preacher because you get them guys too. They're jealous of everybody else that has so much. But let me tell you what a seasoned guy has understood because you're looking at one. I don't want the responsibility of God to give me the anointing for it. You can't do it right. You know, Doc said something to me one day. He said this. He goes, look at Jesus. He had a great following, didn't he? I said, yeah. How many people really followed him close? You always have an audience, but not everybody's going to follow you. Having an audience doesn't mean jack. People following you means everything. That takes work. Here's the greatest question I want you to ask yourself today. I want everybody to pay attention. This is really good. Right? Can you understand this? In teaching about these things that are encumbrances to you and running this Christian life, I really want you to get this. What's, instead of asking yourself, now I really need you to pay attention, this this will tie this thing up great, okay? So let me read it real slow. Ask yourself in this teaching that I gave you from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 about the encumbrances of life, writing that the race of the Christian life is not fought well or run well by asking this. Now pay attention, this is really important. This is the most important thing. So you got me? This is not the question, this is the question I want you to ask, but this is where I want you to see it, Okay? The race of the Christian life is not found or fought well or run well by asking what's wrong with this or that, but by asking yourself this question, is it in the way of greater faith and greater love, greater purity and greater courage, greater humility and greater patience and greater self-control? Not, is it a sin? That doesn't help me run. You understand that? So like, you go like this. Don't ask yourself this. Is the music, the movies, and the parties, and the habits, what's wrong with that? Ask yourself this. Does it help me run my race? Does it help me run for Jesus? So you see what I'm saying? Because a lot of you are going to go extreme in a message like this and think like, oh my God, I got to go to Tibet and be some martyr in the hills of Tibet. No. Okay? You, did, you, did you get that? It was kind of a little choppy. Did you pull it in? Don't go, 
is this sin? Is this like, oh, now you're all going to go like, I got to get rid of my friend. No. All you got to ask yourself is this, is this, this is the number one thing. Does this help me run my race? If I go to this party, is it going to help me run my race with Jesus? If I hang around these people, is it going to help me run my race with Jesus? If I make these decisions in life, is it going to help me run my race with Jesus? Is this thing going to be a hindrance or is this thing going to be helping my run after Jesus? Not do and don't, but what? Stride and run. You see it? Don't ask, is the music, in the movies, what's wrong with it? Ask yourself this, does it help me run my race? Does it help me run for Jesus? So if you're listening to something or feeding something in your spirit too much that you don't need to, you got to ask, is this really going to help me in my walk with Jesus or not? Did you get that? Is that okay? Did you pull that in? Because you're going to have to be, you're going to have to understand this. This is what I want you to get. There's nothing wrong with places and people and stuff. But here's the thing you got to ask yourself. Is this going to help you run your race for the Lord? And once you start doing, because what happens with the do and don'ts is it becomes very cut and dry, which is okay, but it's dangerous a little bit. Because people swing the extreme and go, I can't. And then they get, they get almost defeated and feel bad, like, I got to go cut 90% of this stuff out of my life. No, go slow. All you got to ask yourself tomorrow is this, is, hey, is getting in this conversation going to help me run better with Jesus? Hey, you know, and you all got those buddies. Well, you better change your lifestyle. Hey, listen, go slow. I'm going to change my own lifestyle. Is this going to help me run better with Jesus? Tomorrow morning, if I decide not to pray, is that going to help me run better with Jesus? Tomorrow, if I decide to leave my Bible on the counter and not really crack it open or get my scripture, that's why that CSM thing is great. You got to meditate, a confess, all one shot, and you meditate about it all day long. I still am stuck on that thing that he told me that my tears are liquid prayers. I'm still messed up. That was in there. That's why you get the download. You do it, right? But are you asking yourself this? Are you, are you, are you getting what I'm saying today? Is this thing, that's all you got to ask. Is this relationship going to help me run with Jesus' relationship? Is that behavior going to help me run with Jesus? Is that mindset going to help me run with Jesus? Am I going to be able to run my race stronger with Jesus? Because if not, guess what? Then you got to ask yourself the question. Maybe there's some things in life I need to just leave out of my life. It ain't a do and a don't. I love that. It's not a do and a don't because what happens is then, like, you know, hey, imagine, imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine this one. Imagine if you had to do, imagine if you really had to ask somebody or remove yourself from somebody in life. Just imagine, just hear me, right? So I said, hey, you know what? If I'm going to walk with you, I can't really walk with you because you, you don't really serve God. So because you don't serve God, I can't hang out with you no more. I can't be with you no more. And I can't do life with you no more. So you got to get out of my life. Boy, that's kind of harsh, ain't it? How about this one? You get your friends and go like this. Hey, you know what? If I run, if I hang with you, I can't run with him. If I hang out in environments, I can't run with him. If I hang out over here, I can't run with him. And until you start running with me to run with him, we can't run together. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to go extreme and cut stuff out of your life. You got to ask yourself, hey, how about the good relationships? How about the God relationships? How about the great relationships in God? Hey, we're running together with Jesus. We're rubbing off on one another. Amen? It's not a do and a don't. It's an ask yourself this. Does this mindset help me run with him? Does this mentality help me run with him? What tomorrow morning do I got to cut out of my mind? I'm worrying about? No, that ain't going to help me run. If you're worrying all day, all you got is meditation in the wrong way. Ask yourself the question, okay? You can stand up on your feet. Come on, we got to go. Ask yourself the question. Is this helping me run with him? Because if it's not helping you run with him, 
You got to make some life adjustments, amen? You know, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, I'll give it to you in a second series over here. It says this, everybody's running in a race, but not everybody's going to receive a prize. And the Apostle Paul says it best in the Amplified. He said, like a boxer, he said this, he said, I do not run uncertainly without a definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air or striking without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships, and I subdue it. For fear that after proclaiming others the gospel pertaining to it, I myself should come unfit, not standing the test to be approved and rejected as a counterfeit. Man, guys, isn't that the answer? That we're pressing for a prize, we're pressing for a goal, but we got an adversary there. Run your race with everything you got. You only get one shot at this thing. Don't live in regret. Regret's the greatest pain you're gonna feel because it holds you to your past. Forget about it, man. Ask yourself from this day forward, when you get up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm gonna go run my race. Whatever it is that God's asked me to do, I'm gonna run it with everything I got and all the ability, and I'm gonna lay aside some weights and sins that are easily besetting me. I'm gonna, now listen, sins aren't just gross things. How about the mindset you gotta get rid of? How about the doubt you gotta get rid of? How about the fear you gotta get rid of? How about the lack of ability to, to believe? Come on, get rid of it. If it looks like something that's entangling you, drop it. And go, God, I'm leaving it at your feet. Remember Wednesday I said, cast your cares, it's casting your prayers. Give God some prayers. Filled with, give God some prayers filled with cares and watch the burdens of life fall off of you. I'm telling you, you can do this, amen? Come on, God's doing this for you. Lift your hands to heaven, just thank the Lord. Father, I just thank you right now for everything you're doing. I thank you, Lord, we're in your presence, Father, and we thank you that we're going to a whole new place in this atmosphere, and we're going to a whole new place in our revelation of you, and we thank you, Lord, that this is gonna be the best season of our life, pursuing you in your presence each and every day of our life, and let us run. Let us not grow weary, and I promise you this, if we don't faint, we're gonna receive the prize you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord, we love you guys. Don't forget, now hey, do you guys get the announcements next week, July 4th, right? Come on, man, so it's a casual Sunday, right? So come with your shorts, your flip-flops. We're going to still preach, but then we're going to go outside. We're going to have a barbecue. You're all invited. Come on out. It's going to be a blast. We love you guys. God bless you. Check the announcements. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.